Wow. That sounds new. I, I did not recognize that sound before. Is that a new intro? And That's a new intro. That's a, a brand new intro. Uh, rebranding, rebranding the whole podcast, I guess. Not only are we getting a new... We had a new... Uh, if you guys have noticed uh, in recent episodes, we have a new uh, logo. So mm-hmm. now we're just uh, taking it a step further. Um, I like that track, actually. Uh, new track, uh, I think it gives a, a nice feel for the uh, podcast. Absolutely. Like, you heard the, the one from before. It was just a bunch of squares. I, I, I like that, too. It started to grow on me. It did, yeah. But you know what? It's This feels like a little more kick. Or mm. That's not that snap's not a kick, guys. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. Welcome to, uh, what is this, episode 14 of uh, Behind the Net Podcast. As always, I'm Matthew, and joined with me is... Michael. In a few more years to set this pod, in a few more episodes, this podcast can start learning how to drive. <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, and I mean, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we have a, a couple interviews, a couple big interviews uh, in this episode. Uh, but uh, we'll get to that in a bit. I mean, how, how's, your, how's your week been going? It's been good. Um, a lot of hectic stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, you already oh, knew sure. what happened last week with me, uh, with the... Marley's saying, this week I'm actually on my reading week, so mm-hmm. let's just get some time to wind down and catch up on assignments. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, you were playing a little hockey uh, last week, right? I was. I was out with some friends uh, after class. We're like, eh, screw it. Let's just go to the nearby mm-hmm. pond and just uh, shoot some shinny, which was a lot of fun, uh, especially when it's with your classmates and all of them are pretty much have played hockey before. So something that I, I like to do for sure. What oh, about yeah. you, man? Yeah, that's what I've been doing too. Uh, I, I love getting on the outdoor rink and um, – same thing. Like I haven't played hockey since I was like what, like like organized and everything since I was like fourteen, I think, um, fourteen, fifteen. So uh, yeah, I've been out of it for a while, and uh, honestly, other than like just like skating around with friends, like I haven't actually played hockey in a while. So this year, um, we figured like uh, we have a lot more free time in school right now this semester especially. Yeah. So uh, me and a couple of my buddies, we've been uh, just uh, bringing our equipment down. And uh, playing on Ryerson's outdoor rink just for fun. Oh, oh, sweet! And, That's and nice. it's getting me wanting to. Uh, I probably want to, like, sign up for another uh, like a men's league uh, or a beer league in the summer, probably. Yeah, no, for sure. Me too. I haven't actually put on my full equipment in a while oh, now. Me neither. The last time I think it was for a beer league game, and uh, I know I didn't do too well because like it had been a couple of years since I last laced them up. But I mean, yeah, I'm getting back into the swing of things. Uh, hockey's been hockey's been a lot of fun to play. Honestly, if you do decide to uh not just not not you but like people listening in general mm-hmm. if you guys decide to uh go play some shinny you better do it because it's something and you won't regret you can never be um like don't ever feel like it's too late or anything like um i'm probably gonna be so bad like when you get back <laughs> like oh. i'm already right now, I'm so bad. <laughs> it's, it's hard like after not playing for so long it's a hard thing to just get back into like it feels like you haven't done it in so long of course yeah um i mean a lot of it is still there but a lot of it is just gone and I know I'm going to be on there, but I know uh, I know a lot of people still like want to pick it up like late, and why not, right? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Why not? The beauty I found with skating is that it's, it's like riding a bike. Uh, you you just uh, everything comes to you naturally after a long time after away from it. After a few times falling. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. Well, I remember the first time I skated in two years. I was like, oh no, how, am I going to fall on the ice? Yeah, like, you're not going to fall. No, I just stepped on the ice and like, oh, did this swirl, dips and dangles. Mm. It feels a little off, like, right? Like first steps feel a little weird and then and then it comes it comes to you yeah exactly yeah exactly exactly. i I haven't put on my full equipment we'll see how that (laughs) if anything even still fits me that's that's my biggest question for me too is like i'm gonna put on the knee pads it's like okay that's fine and then the pants come on it's like i've already replaced my gloves my skates helmet i don't think my head grows really um maybe it's hair (laughs) maybe hair 
Um, and then uh, I'm just honestly, I'm just hoping like a couple things fit. If, if a few things fit me, at least if the pants fit me, still like I'm, I'll, I'll be glad. As long as you have played against Port, I think you should be okay. Oh, for sure. And then I mean, who's trying to who's trying to buy you know top of the line equipment when you're just playing beer league, right? Uh, I mean, top of the line equipment that might be some random NHLer who just wants to show off. <laughs> For sure. Um, what else has been going on, though? Uh, well, we had some, like, I mean, you saw the Leafs games this weekend, right? Oh, yeah, of course. So that was course, a, we'll a wild weekend. Uh, let's, just, let's just get this out of the way. The Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night lost to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver who works for the organization. And no, that is not a joke. That is a real thing that actually happened. Mm-hmm. But you actually got a chance to talk to him and uh, he's more than just a Zamboni oh, driver. Yeah, we'll get back. We'll get into this uh, a little deeper later in the podcast. Actually, um, I had the opportunity to speak with David Ayers. Um, he, uh, um, I write for the Ryersonian, yeah. um, Ryerson University here in Toronto, our, uh, one of our school publications. And um, n- believe it or not, he actually, he um, is actually, other than being the practice goalie um, and like an extra goalie for the, you know, for the Leafs and the Marlies, his uh his actual job is a manager at the uh, Madame Athletic Center, which is formerly Maple Leaf Gardens, and yeah, it's yeah. right now it's uh it's basically Ryerson's home arena. Um, so we I wrote an article um along with uh, a couple of my buddies about um you know how he's uh his Ryerson ties and things like that. But yeah, yeah. When I spoke to him, we spoke to him over the phone. Um, while he was in uh, North Carolina doing a whole bunch of stuff, he was just so super busy, but. Again, awesome guy that he decided to give, uh, you know, he gave us 20 minutes and uh, he didn't have to do that, but he, he did. And no, of course. He was probably exhausted. His, the last few days were probably crazy for him. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, believe it or not, he's a manager there. And the main thing that we got out of it was he doesn't, everyone's painting him like, you know, the Zamboni driver, like just the guy. Like when you hear, oh, the Leafs lost to a Zamboni driver, um, it, it, it just makes it sound like, they just got the random Zamboni driver. Hey, put on some pads and get out there. We need someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one, I mean, he's the manager. Zamboni driving is just one very small aspect of his job. He does mm-hmm. so much more. He's li- he literally helps run the arena. So that's, I mean, don't don't discredit him that way in his job. Yeah. But yeah. also, the main thing I got out of it, and I'll play the clips. Uh, we'll play the clips later on. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's been with the Leafs and the Marley's organization for eight years now. Mm-hmm. He's been with these guys for eight years. He's known the coaches, the players, um, the staff. He's uh, been taking shots with them. He's been learning along the way. Um, he's He has an incredible story. If, if you if you want to read more about him, I mean, shameless plug, uh, you can go to ryersonian.ca and read my story. Great piece, but, by the way. Thank you, thank you. But, I mean, um, he's... He's not just the Zamboni driver. He worked for this. And honestly, I, I feel like it's such a great story that um, being a Leafs fan, uh, even with you being a yeah, Leafs yeah. fan, like, of course, it, it stings. But it's like uh, half of me can't be mad about it because, it, like, it's such a great story. And I also think about, like, what if what if the Leafs ended up, like, lighting him up, right? I would yeah. feel so terrible as well. Oh, of course. I would, that would just be embarrassing for the guy, right? And I, he, after talking to him, he's a nice guy. Like, he deserves all the... He didn't ask for, like, his 15 minutes of fame, but, like, he deserves it. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I and will say this. Yeah. I, I think, oh, I, I just want to say, like, I think he wants to be remembered as, you know, not just the Zamboni guy, but, like, a guy who actually worked for it. 
And I think that's how it really should be. Absolutely. I was just going to start to interrupt. Uh, I'll say this. Like, it was frustrating at the time just watching mm. it happen. Oh, yeah. Because when he came into the game, I had no idea who this guy was and his story and all that. And I thought, oh, okay, here we go. At least they're finally going to get back in this game that they're down 3-1, soon to be 4-1 at the time. It's like they have a chance now. And they let, they scored two quick goals. And it's like, okay, we're back in business. And they almost made it 4-4 four, four at, mm -hmm. at the end of the second. It's like, okay. But uh, the third period, I will give credit where credit's due to Carolina. They knew that they were in a very tough spot with both of their uh, goalies out with injuries, and they had to rely on uh, that a 42-year-old Zamboni driver in the net. So what they, they had, what they did was, I will say, the, one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen. Like, they gave the Leafs nothing. Like, no room to work anywhere offensively, and frustrated the hell out of them. You could, like, yeah, the fans were frustrated because, like, they wanted to see the Leafs uh, get shots off, but they had a hard time doing that. And, of course, like... It, there could have been uh, a, an armrest chair standing in the net, and I think the Hurricanes would have done the exact same thing. It just so happened that there was a Zamboni driver in the net, and that's why the story is uh, the Leafs lost to a Zamboni driver. Of course, and of course there's two sides to a story, you know. You have the, the Toronto Maple Leafs who, um, you know, it, it's just a terrible story on the Toronto Maple Leafs side. Yeah. We all know that's very frustrating. And then uh, there's the story of redemption for him, and uh, Carolina did play well. Let's let's give them, them credit too. I mean, they really did shut down the Leafs, which frustrated me because the Leafs just need to get some shots on, on, on the goalie, right? Yeah. That's all they needed to do, pile shots on. But they couldn't do that. But, of course, their Carolina's forecheck was insane. Like, that that was half the battle right there. I would say if you're the Leafs, you look at that footage and you learn lessons from it and how you want to play as a team. Because mm -hmm. if you play like that against anyone, I swear you're going to win more games than you don't. And yeah, of course it's frustrating because like the context, like oh, there was a there's a weird a guy that you never emergency backup goalie in the net, and uh, he barely had to face anything. But like Carolina played an excellent defensive game, like I said, like you can't take that away from them. For sure, you know what I was I was thinking we were gonna, you know, talk about this a little later in the podcast. But how about we put um his clips uh here? Yeah, of course. Let's uh, take a listen. Yeah, so I uh I got to speak to him uh on um what day was it Tuesday. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday. On Wednesday, um, here are just a few clips uh, because I wrote for a story. I, I just want to play a few clips that we had gotten when I asked him some questions. So we will play that now. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the media is kind of labeling you as just a, you know, a Zamboni driver, but uh, we we here we know that you're obviously a lot more than that, especially here yeah. at Ryerson. How does that make you feel? And uh, I guess what would you say about that? Yeah, I think it's just a, a label that they put on me years ago when I was working at uh, Rico Coliseum for the Marlies. And then I ended up backing up. So that was the kind of thing where the guy from Sportsnet said to me, hey, just so you know, I'm going to write an article about you. And I'm going to name it the Zamboni guy. So that kind of just stuck the whole time. But it's a, it is what it is. I drive the Zamboni and... And I don't do it as much now, but I did then, and it's not going to go away, so you got to kind of have to embrace it. I mean, do you like that? Uh, I mean, are you okay with that, or would you um, – I mean, how would you like to be recognized, I guess? Uh, I don't mind that part. I, you know, I, when I'm driving this ammonia, I like to make sure that the ice is great afterwards, so I kind of uh, – I'll, I'll take that if you want to call me the Zamboni guy, but obviously you want to be more than – that you know you want to kind of be known for someone who kind of worked hard and, and made it to kind of where he wanted to even if it was for a half a game 
Of course. I mean, you still got, you became the only emergency backup goaltender ever to get a win. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a huge thing, of course. Um, and I guess, how does it feel like, I mean, you've been doing it for a while, being an emergency backup goal. You've been in and out with the Leafs, uh, practicing with them. I know you did the right. uh, outdoor practice with them. How does it feel to like hang out with them and practice with the team? Um, I guess on a regular basis. Uh, and then how does it feel to finally get your shot after that, all that? Well, it's, it's pretty good. All the guys are great. Like the whole Leaf organization is awesome. All the players are great. They treat you like you're one of them. And, uh, there's so much fun. We joke around. You make good friends. Um, and Leafs organization and coaching staff have all treated me fantastic. So to be able to get out there on the ice against those guys that you practice all the time, it's pretty cool just to kind of give guys a smile and a wink as you skate by them. So it was, it was a great feeling. Did you feel any pressure at all? Like, or did they kind of just like tell you like, uh, we have the lead right now. Like, you know, whatever happens happens uh, and we'll go with it. Or did they, did you feel like, you know, the pressure of, Hey, I have to win this for Carolina. Well, no, I knew how close they are in the playoff race to two teams. So I knew it was a fairly big game. Uh, but no, I stepped on the ice and all the guys met me at the door and they said, let's go, let's do this, let's have fun. So I, I, I felt better there. And then obviously leaving two, letting two goals in or right off the hop, you're, uh, you feel like you're letting them down. But uh, they helped me and then we bounced back and they played great in the third period and we got the win. And uh, of course, you've talked about we, we read a lot. You talk a lot, a lot about the hard work you did uh, to get uh, to this point. At any point while you were skating with the teams, like with uh, Toronto, with the Marlies or the Leafs, um, did you envision yourself playing one day? Yeah, I talk about it with the guys all the time. They, they keep saying, we got to get you in there. we got to get you in a game, right? So uh, they wanted it just as much as I did, I think. I just ended up being, it was Carolina that I skated with. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hurricanes uh, also made a jersey for you. Uh, I'm pretty sure you saw mm-hmm. it. And all the mm-hmm. proceeds will be going to, or proceeds will be going to uh, um, a kidney foundation over in Carolina. How important mm-hmm. of a cause is that to you? Uh, so that was, uh, they came to me with the jersey or the shirt idea. And they said to me, uh, it's your choice where the, where the profits and stuff go for this. Uh, so the first thing I said to them was, is there a kidney foundation in Carolina that we could donate to? And so they found one and uh, we're going to donate a bunch of money for that. And it's great because the kidney foundation, if it wasn't for having a transplant, I obviously wouldn't have been able to do what I, what I did. So I just want other people out there to realize that uh, there's people always out there to support you. And if you need to uh, have a transplant, it's not the end of the world. There's a lot of good doctors, a lot of good medicine, technology. Um, It'll help you out and get you back on your feet and get you where you want to be. Um, of course, the next day we know you, uh, you actually went in and practiced with the Leafs, uh, specifically ne- William Nylander. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, literally a day after, <laughs> mm-hmm. after beating them essentially, right, um, right. how was that, I guess, received by the Leafs that were there? Did it, did anything change or how was, how was that practice different mm-hmm. from your usual practices? No, not at all. It was actually, Willie got on the ice and he comes up to me and gives me a big hug and he said, man, I'm so proud of you. That was awesome. So. He he loved it, right? Those and the players and the training staff that were there, they all came out and they told me how proud of uh, how to be they were, and they 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 loved the whole fact. They know how hard it is, and sometimes in practice where you're just standing there and they're just shooting pucks off your head, kind of thing. So they were so happy to see me get in there and, and not necessarily win, but at least get into a game. Of course. And do you remember any of the 
uh, I guess the messages that you might have gotten from them immediately after or any other any other significant hockey players or hockey uh, people um, kind of hit you up after? Do you remember anyone memorable? Maybe yeah. So Dallas Eakins used to be the Marley's head coach the very first year I was there. And he actually texted me the next morning and said, you know, he was proud of me. And it's great to see a former Marley uh, make it that far. So, which is cool. Um, and I've had a bunch of the former players and guys that I played with, they all text me and tell me how proud they are. And, and they love the story. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, he's a he's a great guy, great interview. And if you want to know more, again, I mean, check out the article on Ryersonian.ca. I have to say, he's a very well-spoken man. Uh, I I know, like you said earlier in the show, he wasn't really expecting to be in this position where he's uh, being bombarded with interview requests and media availability. But I mean, he's handling it very well. I think he's uh, he's showing he's very appreciative of everything that's been coming his way. And uh, you know what? I'll give credit where credit's due. He kind of deserves that in some way, even though it it was at the expense of the Toronto people. I know. He 100% deserves it. And, um, again, like I said before, the other side would be, like, what well, we want him being lit up by the Leafs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as much as uh, I would love the Leafs, like, I would love that too, the Leafs winning, yeah, yeah. the outcome of that. But at the same time, uh, you know, that there, there's always going to be one side where it's, like, someone's getting embarrassed. And, um, you know, so a part of me says, like, at least uh, just make it, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the big franchise yeah. gang who always gets embarrassed. Let them get embarrassed. And, you know, one poor guy who just didn't mean to get thrusted in there. And then he got he went out there and then let's say he got lit up like, man, he would he would just he would hate that day. Yeah. You know, that movie Air Buds. Yeah, I know course. exactly what the other team felt like after losing. <laughs> I, to a I've bunch heard of that dogs. analogy, and yeah, I mean, because yeah, everyone thinks about hey, like, you know, uh, the dog, uh, like the dog, uh, yeah, the, the, the dog, dog is the hero, right? He, that's the whole storyline. But the other, the other team lost to a dog. Yeah. So well, I mean, there's that storyline. But then if you want to flip it again, it's like you throw a dog in there, and like let's say they lose, then it's like then it's like the team just embarrassed himself. The dog just embarrassed himself. Like the dog had no purpose to be in, in yeah. on the game, but apparently well, he's, he's amazing at basketball. And a little uh, fact check as well. I know a lot of people have been talking about this. Uh, um, the whole, like, he's um, employed. This, this is just something we've... There's, there's been a lot of different, uh, of course, uh, you know, reporting about him. Yeah. But when I was speaking to him and I spoke to his coworkers, um, he's... I don't know if he's actually employed by the Leafs because I don't know if he gets paid for the practice gig. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, it seems like he just does it because he's been able to practice with them. Um, but uh, as far as like people say, he's a Marley Zamboni driver, all those things. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't been, a, he used to be the Marley Zamboni driver, but his coworkers have told me that they, uh, that he hasn't worked for the Marley's in like five years, ever since he took the job here at the Mattamy Athletic Center. And he, and he's the, the manager of the, like one of the managers of the building operations. Mm-hmm. So a little fact check there. I know everyone's making it, you know, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs employ him and that he's, you know, you'd expect for him to be biased. But I think what it actually is, is he got this gig where he's able to, from his time, you know, working at the Marley's rink, he got this gig where he's been able to basically just fill in for them at yeah. practice. And that turned into um, being a, 
emergency goaltender, but I don't think you get paid for being an emergency goaltender no. because all you do is sit in the press box unless they need you. So maybe their justification is you get free games out of it, right? Yes, it's kind of like what happened with Scott Foster a few years ago, how the story came that uh, he was usually the guy that sat in the press box, and because he played goalie previously, he'd only be relied upon in an emergency situation, and that just so happened to be the case. Uh, I think it was against the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact I game, can't remember though. that exact game, but he wasn't credited with the win. That's the big difference. Well, yeah. Because they just they, they kind of put him on, you know, um, you know, just for fun because they were going to win the game anyways. Yeah, which was I think was it a was, really it was cool awesome gesture. too. Yeah, but the Hurricanes in this case had uh, no reason of no other choice but to yeah, put, and put I think that there. just speaks more about his amazing story because you know he kind of he held that lead. He's an amateur. He held that lead in an NHL game, and he he really did help them win it. Like he made eight saves. Still, that's not an easy thing to do for any goalie to step into an NHL game and take a shot from Austin Matthews and save it. An 800 save percentage in your first NHL game for your goalie at his age, you know what? That's not bad. For sure. <laughs> and uh, I quickly want to talk about this. Uh, I mean, we're going to keep this episode a little shorter, but um, just because we have so much content, especially with the interviews and everything. Yeah, yeah. But um, what's the bigger picture here? I know uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning um, in, a, in a game that looked very – like they looked very good in that game, other than the third period where they looked a little slim. Um Things have improved. It's just crazy how you go from, you know, the storyline of losing to the Zamboni driver or the building operations manager. Um, and then how you go from losing that um, to beating one of the probably the hottest team in the NHL. And you just go back a few teams. games before you they shut out the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. for nothing on their home ice just after getting destroyed by the same Penguins in the other team's home barn. Like. The best way I can describe this Leafs team is they're consistently inconsistent. You never know which which team you're going to get each and every night, and that's the scary thing for me. You, you know the, the book Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? Yep. That's exactly what the Leafs are. One night they could be this amazing team that's <laughs> forechecking really hard, moving the puck well, getting good shots on the power Other play. Other times just, they like, just shrink. Yeah, just... Just, like as soon as like one mistake happens, like snowballs, like oh nope, there mm. goes our te- there goes the game. They're very inconsistent, and that's the biggest that's the biggest thing. The Leafs have shown that they they're not a bad team because because they can play with the big with the big dogs, mm-hmm. but they also can you know play terrible on other nights, and uh, they're just very inconsistent. I think that's the main thing that's frustrating everyone. That's that's an, and that's for something that you don't want to see from a team that at the start of the year. People were penciling them in as a Stanley Cup contender. I wouldn't say the favorite because there's clearly a lot of better I mean, teams. The to Leafs have been from. a contender for the last few years, yeah. Yeah, and you should think that this year they should be uh, having in progress in their pursuit of a Stanley Cup. But to see the year go- going the way that it has, not simply because of the injuries, because obviously you can't really control that, but the way that the team is playing, you can never really be sure which team you're going to get on a given night. It's uh, It's not a pleasant thing to deal with uh, especially with this team and the fact that they're now in a tight playoff race uh with uh what is it 18 games left or something um, like that i have to check that uh somewhere around there but yeah they're in a very tight playoff race with the florida panthers and potentially uh Mont- montreal and buffalo and all the other teams in the metro division it's uh i mean on one hand it's it's impressive given everything that's been going against them but you like to see them in a much more comfortable spot of course and uh I mean, leaving it at that, like, the last... I mean, I just think the Leafs need to figure out their consistency mainly. I know, actually, we, f- we found out today that uh, Jake Muzzin will be out um, four weeks, I believe. Um, it's just, you know, 
Kyle Dubas posted something about I forgot it's like the it's called the the story of the Chinese farmer. It's basically you know don't look at it as either you know a bad thing or a good thing. Just go with the flow kind of thing. Yeah. And honestly, we can't be you know making excuses. We can't be uh, you know tell, saying that because of injuries the Leafs are always going to be like in a kind of in a ditch there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Leafs just have to kind of figure things out and be more consistent. They played a great game yesterday, um, and they just need to uh, keep that going. Like. I honestly don't have any specific way or any specific thing to say about how they should be conducting themselves moving forward, but that's for the players to decide, you know, um, how they can be consistent with what they have, how they've been performing as well. Yeah, yeah. I will say this. They need to answer the Calais. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, now that he's a Leaf again, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What'd you think of that trade? (laughs) I mean, let's be real. That's the only trade we really have to talk about. Other than uh, Robin Lehner was a, you know, he was a Leafs legend. And then I'm sad that they traded him away. <laughs> I'm just glad that they were, they took it upon themselves to raise the banner. Uh, number 41. I saw that tweet. <laughs> yeah, they'll never wear number 40 but, um, again. I mean, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good trade. It, it was the only trade the Leafs really made on the trade deadline day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, of course, just kind of uh, rebuild that, uh that depth especially in the defensive position and for michael hutchison to uh he was, was out the door there was no way he was going to get an opportunity to play with jack campbell showing that he was the better option all the goalies in the marley system like joseph wall ian scott and of course kazmir kaskasul being much better options than uh hutchison ever was so he was in this odds position like i'm never going to get any playing time unless someone gets hurt so they did the right thing and shipped him off because it's in color i think colorado's got some injuries to their goalies at mm-hmm. the moment Hundred percent, and I, I mean, yeah, like the Leafs already had uh, figured out their uh, goaltending situation. Yeah. Um, finally, Jack Campbell seems uh, to be playing very good. He's, he's consistent, and uh, that 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 problem solved. So Michael Hutchinson really, I mean, he kind of overstayed his stay there. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm glad they got something out of out of him, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, other than that, the Leafs didn't really make any other trades. Um, before we move on, I do want to do like a, uh, kind of a short review on the trade deadline day in general, but before we move on from the Leafs, it's just, uh, what do you think about the fact that they didn't make any moves? I know Tyson Berry was the biggest, um, I guess, trade rumor surrounding the Maple Leafs all day. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Didn't, I believe Bob McKenzie said something along the lines of the Leafs were being offered a third round pick for Tyson Berry. And if you're going to just give that up just for the sake of trading him, I would I be would. fired as GM. It would, for me, it would have been like, it has to be at least, at least a first round pick. Exactly. Because the whole point of trading Tyson Berry is to get a replacement defenseman. The Leafs are going for the playoffs, 100%. Yep. They're, they're, they're pushing for a playoff spot. You don't just get rid of your defenseman, a yep. top four defenseman, and then head into the playoffs thinking you can, you know, you can recuperate from that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I you keep you keep that top four defenseman unless you can get something. The whole point of the Tyson Berry trade suggestions was to try and you know hit the reset button on that trade, get a defenseman who's a better fit than um, Tyson Berry. Basically, swap him out for another top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. And with the benefit of hindsight, uh, with Ty- with Muzzin out for the next three to four weeks. Uh, you trade Tyson Berry for basically nothing, oh, and then yeah. you you're, lose Jake you're Muzzin. You're out two top four defensemen. Then. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself in a very precarious spot. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's the benefit of hindsight, but, uh, yeah. 
I think if you can get Tyson Berry to like his t- like it here and want to stay for a little bit cheaper than what he'd probably get on the open market, I think that's a better win than uh, just like holding on to him for the year and letting him go, or in the worst case scenario, which is uh, trading him for a third round pick, which is what the market was apparently for defensemen. And I mean, at the same time, the other thing just quickly mentioned, the Leafs didn't really need to make a trade if we're going to be completely honest with ourselves. The big move that they made was for Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. Mm-hmm. Then there was that, obviously, that uh, Callie Rosen being brought back. Yeah. And the one move we keep forgetting about is Dennis Mulligan. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on him? I, I like him. I think he's going to be a good I fit do on like this him. team. Yeah. You saw in the couple of games that he was playing, uh, I mean, obviously, Tuesday night he was barely noticeable, but I liked his puck pursuit. He's a really oh, fast yeah. player. He's like, a great depth addition, too, and it's just about you know finding where he'll slot in right now. Going back to Tyson Berry, just super quick, my final thoughts on uh, the whole yeah, Tyson Berry thing is, yeah, I mean, the the whole point of trading Tyson Berry was to get a replacement defenseman. So, again, if you couldn't do a one-for-one trade or you couldn't do, like, a work a trade where you get the that replacement defenseman in the same deal, yeah, then the whole point was to trade him for, an, like, an asset or a few assets that can then be swapped in another trade for that top-four defenseman, right? Yeah, exactly. So, if... If they're offering a third round pick, if that's if that's true, um, hundred percent, you're not going to get a top four defenseman with a third round pick. It, it would have to be minimum a first round pick, plus to try and get a um, like a, another defenseman, right? Yeah, exactly. So, good thing the Leafs stayed pat there. If that if if all all they were being offered was you know third round pick, no. Exactly. So I'll just end it off with this. Sometimes the best move that you make is the ones that you don't, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the case right here. Just stick with Tyson Berry for the rest of the year. It's probably in your best interest because, like I was saying, he might he might be more willing to stay uh, past the past uh, this season because his contract is up at the end of the year. We already know Cody Cece's gone. There's like no way they're gonna keep him for sure. Um, and if Tyson, I think the trade deadline, the possibility that he was on the move really was on his mind a lot, and I think that affected his play in some ways. Oh, for sure. So I think that now that the trade deadline's passed, maybe he'll be more calmer. Mm-hmm. It's like I could focus on the hockey now the rest of the way. And if I really like it here, which by all intents and purposes, he seems to like it in Toronto, I think it'd be worth it to re-sign him, especially if it's uh, oh, for fairly sure. cheap. If, if it's fairly cheap. I think he can get a lot on the open market, though. Oh, of course. But um, it, it is interesting to see. I know they the Leafs just signed uh, Jake Muzzin as well. That was their big trade deadline, uh, air quotes, trade deadline deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was such a smart signing. And, I mean, simply put, like, I, we don't even have to get into detail. I just think it's it's a great signing. I think Jake Absolutely. Muzzin is the, the top four defenseman you want on your team. Um, and four years. Well, what is he, 31 right now? 30, 31. 30? Somewhere around that ballpark. If it takes him up to 34, 35, I'm fine with that. Yeah, exactly. He can, he can definitely still play within that uh, age range. And um, it, it makes me interested in if, if obviously, Cody Cece Cody is going to walk. And if Tyson Berry walks, what – what can the Leafs do with that extra cap space? You know, they need to replace those two guys, but it kind of gets me excited about the, the different options, uh, kind of optimistic for the future. Exactly. Yeah. And you also have to keep in mind all the prospects in the Leafs system. Uh, we are obviously seeing Sandin and Lily Grin uh, making their jump and who knows how long they're going to play. Uh, obviously Callie Rosen's back and we, I've always liked his game uh, from last year. It's, it's a shame that he was traded in the Kadri trade, but now he's back obviously. Mm-hmm. And a few Marlies, uh, Mac Hollowell is, is one that really sticks out for me as a player that I'd be very interested to seeing uh, jump up on the Leafs roster in the near future. Like, they're, they have some quality options for the prospect-wise, but uh, I think if you're 
not fully convinced that any of the players on the Marlies are ready to make the full jump to the NHL and can make a significant impact other than uh, maybe third pairing, then it might be in your best interest to sign players. For sure. So let's 100%. talk about the trade deadline. Um, I mean, I was yeah. I mean, I was gonna bounce off the fact that uh, we were actually. I mean, for the last few episodes, we've been you know speculating a lot of different players who could be traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I mean, uh, a lot of those players actually got moved, but to uh, different teams. Yeah. And uh, I mean, let's let's talk about a few of them. I'm first uh, one of the winners. I think uh, I want you to pick a winner. I'll pick a winner. I think the winner for me, I would have to say Carolina. Yeah, they did a really good job. They did a really good job. Um, Carolina picked up uh, a few guys, uh, um, Vatanen, and uh, how do you say his name? Brady. Uh, Brady Shea. Is Brady it just Shea? Shea? Is yeah, it just Shea or you can just get make? Is the K pronounced in there at all? <laughs> uh, Brady Shea. Um, Somewhere around there. Uh, and they got a uh, Trocheck as well, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Had a, they had a really nice day. They had at the a really nice day, day of the deadline, and uh, of course they have a, a number of injuries right now. Um, Dougie Hamilton. Um, uh, how do you even say his name? Brett. Uh, Brett Pesci. Brett Pesci. Brett Pesci. I'm not good with names, <laughs> but uh, I'm good with writing them. I could spell them, but I just can't, you know, pronounce them all the time. But you know, it's funny. I can remember faces, but never names. Oh, for sure. So I'm in the same. So uh, they're obviously injured right now. So uh, the fact that uh, the 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 Hurricanes are bringing them in, you know, um, like it's like here's the Leafs. I, I sorry to use the Leafs comparison when we're talking about the Hurricanes, but here's the Leafs. You know going through so many injuries, but they're not really replacing anyone. They're just rolling with mm-hmm. what they have. Carolina, they lose uh, a couple of top four defensemen. So they bring in like two more top four defensemen just to just to replace them. And you figure when these guys come back, how crazy is their defensive core going to be? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And which it's be, already been ridiculous. Which would too. be very sad if they missed the playoffs. Oh, for sure. If you don't make the playoffs with that defense, you, it, it's an absolute failure in the organization's part. And uh, I would say that they have to trade one of their defensemen to get a forward. Oh, for sure. Um, but, uh, I mean, hey, they always say defense wins championships, right? Yeah, exactly. So, And we know that Carolina went far last year in the playoffs. So um, it's interesting to see. You know? I, I, I would say that, too. They're going to have a pretty crazy uh, uh, defensive core. But, oh, of course. Um, who would you say would is your winner? I thought Carolina had a really good day, but I'm going to pick Edmonton as Edmonton. my trade deadline the, winner. For me, those are the top two. Yeah, I really liked some of the, move, the moves that the Oilers made. Andreas Anthony-Siu and Tyler Ennis are two really nice additions for their forward depth because one thing that we were talking about all year, and I kept repeating myself, was the, the Oilers need forward depth, mm-hmm. and they finally addressed it with two really good options. Two, and, and yeah. Like, we already saw it like last night. They were playing along. Both players I mentioned were playing alongside McDavid, and they immediately found chemistry. And now it's like, that's what they needed. Mm-hmm. They literally just need those type of players, and I think that that fixes all their problems. And you know what I like? Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about before. You know, how could we fix? How could the Oilers fix? You know, that forward depth and and you know, Connor McDavid's winger. Who could that be? And we suggested like you know go big for with like Taylor Hall things like that. No, the Oilers went and got cheap um, forwards skillful forwards um who uh you know match kind of matches car mcdavid's play and speed um andres uh athanasiu is, is very skilled um he put up like uh i believe he put up 30 goals actually last season yeah, so don't forget that 
Um, he can definitely put the puck in the back of the net. And uh, again, Tyler Ennis is, I mean, we've seen him on the Leafs last season. Um, he's a cheaper forward. He can, he can literally slot in on any line. Like you could play him on in your bottom six, or as we saw before, um, he's skilled enough to, to, you know, play in the top six and he's playing alongside Connor McDavid. Yeah, that was a really good, like I was saying, it's a perfect fit for him. And it just solidifies the forward depth more. Because obviously, Kyler, how do you say his first name? I know Yamamoto's his last name. Oh, Kyler? Kyler Yamamoto, Kyler Yamamoto. is injured at the moment. I'm surprised. I actually got, there's, that's one name I could pronounce well, huh? Well, there we you go. know, <laughs> don't, if you know Dom Luzulun on Twitter, <laughs> that's one name I'm never going to pronounce correctly. Yeah. No matter how hard I try. But anyway, as I was saying, Yamamoto is out with injury at the moment, and he's been a really nice uh, piece for their forward depth. And uh, now that they added two quality options, like it just really makes it much more balanced. And that's what the Oilers really needed. And they finally addressed it at the deadline with two with a piece that uh, Ken Holland was very well familiar with. And of course, I didn't even get to mention Mike Green, who's a option for the back end mm-hmm. on Mike the third Green. pairing. Look at that. They they addressed obviously forward depth. Not even just forward depth, but they fixed their first line. Yeah. Um, and they also addressed um, their defensive needs all yep. on one, all in, during one trade deadline. And Mike Green is a solid, very solid still. Um, he's still a very solid uh, defenseman, and he can hold it back there. Um, and uh, like I said, I love how, you know, instead of going for the big name winger, they invested, they got two cheap skilled wingers, uh, you know, for for that first line rather than, you know, splurging yeah exactly and that's really all they can really do because they've invested so much money in both dry Settle and mcdavid these are the kind of moves that they have to make if they want to uh be able to compete for the foreseeable future oh, for uh, sure. obviously anthony ceo is probably going to cost a bit because his contract is up at the end of the year but he is an rfa and he will probably need arbitration in order to uh stick around in edmonton but i'm sure he'll accept a bit of a pay cut if that means getting to play alongside Connor mcdavid oh yeah i do want to um this is like a very subtle winner uh, that I, I want to count um, the San Jose Sharks for selling off uh, their assets. I think they're finally, uh, you know, embracing kind of that rebuild men- mentality. They lost Joe Pavelski. I think that's where it all started. Yeah. Um, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe are, you know, older now. Um, the core is breaking up, essentially. Yeah. And it's start- time for a new era. Patrick Marlowe is, uh, is gone. You know, that was an easy one for them. That was an easy pickup them um they obviously just signed him after you know the maple leafs traded him and then he got bought out by the carolina hurricanes yeah that was an easy pickup for them and then it was an easy flip for them so that's a good trade and then the main one was uh barkley uh good row um they they were able to finesse a uh first round pick out of the tampa bay lightning for him tampa bay was just throwing away a first rounders like it's candy oh yeah tampa bay saying this is the season we have to go for it we have to go for it we have to get we have to address every need and make make basically make our team very tough to beat. How bad would it be if they got out early again? That would I honestly don't know because I think their window is starting to close. I like they're well, I wouldn't say their window's starting to close, but I'm saying they're it's starting. If they don't if they don't get it done this season, next season's not gonna be the same, you mm-hmm. know, capacity as it is as it has been the last few seasons. I will say this about Tampa. If they don't win it this year, then I wouldn't be surprised if a significant player on their team gets dealt. Like, mm-hmm. like let's say, a like a, a major shakeup to like really solidify the team because like they have so many good offensive weapons. 
but defensive end as defensive, well. Defensive, it's yeah, it's good. Goaltending is great. Like, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, right. We don't know if this team is uh, can overcome their demons in the playoffs because I think of that course. that's still on their mind mentally. And if they can never get over that, nothing will. I mean, their best chance at the Stanley Cup was 2015, and that was before you know they solidified themselves as the best team in the NHL. So the fact that they only improved their team, but they kind of their playoff chances have just been even worse than mm-hmm. from that 2015 point onwards. It's just crazy. Um, but they they did a lot. They got good row. They got Coleman, of course. Um, and I know you, you <laughs> you're <laughs> you're a little mad about me. that. But uh, they they got him. They uh, you know they they did a lot actually. They did, yeah. It was, they picked up uh, Bogosian as well. Yeah, well, that was a player that everyone was like, why the hell are the Toronto Maple Leafs connected to this guy? It's like <laughs> every single time there's an interesting player available on the you market. Could, you could just tell that the Lightning are just picking up whatever they can do to ensure that they're fully loaded for this season. Exactly. They yeah. don't even care. They'll just sell off their assets and like go all in. Like They just need to make sure that this – you can tell like, that this season is is the season for them. And, if again, if they don't do it this season, then – I don't even know what's going to happen. Maybe they trade away uh, one of Stamkos or Kucherov? Possibly. I think that I, don't, that could I, be... I think it would be Stamkos more likely, if anything. Yeah, that'd be a very interesting move to uh, conduct. Uh, I will say this about San Jose, since you were mentioning them. Um, I thought they did a really good deadline, but I think they would have been full-on winners if they moved uh, Joe Thornton. And that's a player that I was surprised uh, remained in San Jose, because you saw his comments the, yeah, the next day. Yeah, he wanted to be dealt. He wanted to be dealt, and I feel bad for the guy, because, again... We saw Patrick Marlowe get dealt to a contender, and Joe Thornton is right there with him in age and everything. And hey, he wants to go. He he wants to he wants to solidify his le- his legacy, and uh, get that cup. And honestly, I feel like he's he wants to retire, but Soon. he wants that cup. He wants to go out like the the ways of Ray Bork, and you know how Ray Bork was pretty much on mm-hmm. one team his entire career. Yeah, and then he got dealt to one other team, and then he finally won the thing, and he could retire happy. And I I think. I mean, Thornton was with the Bruins before. Oh, yeah, of course. But that was for a first couple of years. But I think people will remember him more as a shark as than a shark, as a Bruin. As a shark, for sure. But for me, like, when you're jo- if you're in Joe Thornton's shoes, how many more years can you realistically think this guy can continue to play? One? Two, maybe? Like, there's not much time left in his uh, NHL career, and he knows it. And he really wanted a shot this year. I think he might come back next year for one more kick at it. Oh, for sure. And uh, we were actually, since, you're, since I'm talking about Joe Thornton, there is a 31 Thoughts article that came out today, and Elliot Friedman was suggesting that the Leafs might be interested in uh, bringing on uh, Joe Thornton. What are your thoughts? You're talking about in the offseason, right? Yeah, of course, in the offseason. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, would, I would do that for a year. One-year contract. Bring in the, a veteran presence. It has to be cheap, though. Don't be asking for you know, a few millions <laughs> no, they're um, not do at that. this point. Yeah. I mean, we saw what Jason Spezza can do. You bring in a veteran. Um, I actually think the Leafs can benefit from having a couple, you know, skilled veterans in the lineup uh, right now. Really, the only like experienced, experienced vet is uh, Jason Spezza, mm-hmm. and then it's a pretty inexperienced, pretty young team. Um, other than that, I mean, when you can when you count John Tavares as an experienced veteran, um, but he hasn't had any super deep playoff runs, or he's only been, I mean, he's been in the league for you know ten years now. But I mean, still, you want the the guy who's had those playoff runs the guys who have uh you know been in it for a long time a longer time exactly i wouldn't mind joe thornton he's been to the finals uh he's uh of course very skilled and he still got it and uh he can teach a lot to these young kids we saw the effect marlo had on these guys you can only assume 
how it would be if if the Leafs had like you know maybe two of the those vets or like I, I, three might be pushing it, but like, you know like a couple, you know. Imagine they brought back Patrick Marlowe and then signed Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton and then re-signed <laughs> Jason Spezza. It, I would play that as a fourth line. I would play that as a fourth line. You know what? If that line was really being used, the 2010 Leafs would be unreal. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Sorry, I just had to put that one in. <laughs> put that one in there. But um, yeah, that would be interesting. I assume you feel very similarly. To yeah, that. exactly. You pretty much said everything I was gonna say. I think it'd be a great move for the Leafs to make, just because he has one more kick at it. And uh, what better place to end off your career than in with your hometown team? And or- you can tell he's driven. He wants that. Yeah, that's the whole point. He wants that cup. And uh, when you have a driven player, no matter his age, it, it makes a big difference. And I think other players, especially the young Leafs that are very impressionable, will, will feed off that. Like, hey, this guy who's much older than me and probably won't be playing hockey much longer after this, like, really wants it. I'm going to work as hard as him, maybe even harder. For sure. I want to wrap up this, uh, I guess, this winners and losers segment. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, losers. Who would you say are the losers in uh Hmm. in this trade deadline. I know that's a harder question because there are a lot of teams who didn't uh, make any moves, but uh, that, that could also play into it. Like, is there, mm-hmm. is there a team who should have made a move, but they didn't? They stayed put? Um, who would you say? I think Colorado had a pretty mediocre deadline when you that's consider all the, the hype surrounding what kind of moves they could be making. And uh, they can go for it this year. So you yeah. would think they, you know, they've been linked to all the big names, really, you know, Coleman, uh, Hall, all those things. Yeah, uh, like there was a, and then they didn't make really any trades. Yeah, there was that rumor at the start that they were connected to Taylor Hall, but then he went ended up on the uh, Arizona Coyotes. There was obviously that report that came out that oh he's been traded to Col- Coleman's been traded to Colorado, but then the trade fell through because it never actually happened. And then of course uh, there's the connections to Chris Kreider who ended up signing with the Rangers. Um, Max Domi, Carey Price for some reason, just like why not? Like, they, there were so many names that were connected to Colorado, and people were expecting them to make a big splash. And the only move of significance that they made was getting uh, Vladislav Domestikov for a fourth. That's it. Oh, for sure. Like, I think when you consider all the, mo- the, the hype surrounding them and what kind of moves they should have been able to make and what move they ended up making in, in the end, I think they uh, really uh, swung and missed there. Yeah, for sure. They were uh, up on my list, too. Um, I mean, especially considering that, uh, you know... This year, they wanted to go for it. But, I mean, I could also see the other side. I mean, we saw with the Leafs, you know, Kyle Dupes is kind of saying, let's stay the course. We got a young team. Yeah. Uh, let's wait it out. No need to make any rash decisions right now. And Colorado's in a similar position because, uh, you know, they are, uh, they're still a young team as well. Um, they still got years on McKinnon's contract. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't have to – they don't necessarily have to go for it all this year. They still have a few years left. So, don't make any – you know, dumb moves. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I was. I mean, like they could have made the moves, and I think it would have really helped them out because the Western Conference this year is going to be uh, a bloodbath, to say the least, especially in the Central Division side of things, because uh, when you when it comes to specific division, they're going to be uh, probably feasting off tired teams, and they have to be ready for it. So I think Colorado probably recognizes that this is a really good opportunity for them to go deep. And I honestly think that they're going to still make the Stanley Cup Finals and face off against Tampa Bay. But uh, they probably could have made a move to really, re- like, not not like a small move, but a major splash. And oh, it's unfortunate sure. that they didn't get one done. I have one uh, loser in mind, though, uh, the Nashville Predators. Interesting. Um, Why so them? The Predators are, uh, 
they're actually only a few, uh, really a few points out of, uh, out of a playoff spot. Um, well, I mean, more than that, but you know, they they wanted to go for it this year, um, and that that's the thing. But when you look at, um, you know, the moves they made, I don't know if you were paying a lot of attention to them. Um, tell me why they acquired Corbinian Holzer. <laughs> Leafs legend Corbinian Holzer. They only made those two. They they only made that, and they acquired Ben Harper from the Leafs. Wow, you mean the guy that uh, I gave high praise to in a tweet? <laughs> um, that that's pretty much that's literally all they did like the whole you know the whole last couple weeks and uh they want i mean we saw it they signed matt duchene you know they offloaded contracts they really wanted to load up uh resign you know the core um and i think we're seeing the downfall of uh the national predators Mm -hmm. and even online i saw a lot of predators fans uh you know annoyed that their team didn't even do anything at all because you know i mean they there's a sizable gap right now um, for a playoff spot for them, but I mean, uh, they're still a team like in the playoff bubble, and yeah. I don't think Matt Duchesne signed there to not make the playoffs as well. Um, and I mean, when you're making those kind of trades, it's just like why? Well, I mean, he got traded to Ottawa so he could make a playoff run, and that didn't work out. And then he signed with a team that's not even going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I will say this, and Nash- we know we know how dangerous they they've been in the last. Few yeah, years. but like, I th- you could tell in 2017 they overachieved a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're getting older. It's not many young guys are going to be sticking around long term. I think David Pulley has to see the writing on the wall that his team's not going to be competing much longer, and it might be in his best interest to make major moves in the off season. And let's not be let's not beat around the bush here. It's hard to do that in the regular season. So, I think this is just basically his way of telling the fans, guys. I think we're gonna you're gonna be seeing a lot of big faces uh, being shipped off this summer. Oh, for sure. Like, especially Pecorino. Imagine how life without them. And they're in a very them. interesting spot because I don't know. Again, those those uh, moves didn't signal rebuild or anything. Um, I mean, I know it was like essentially minor league transactions, but it's not really going for any good minor league transactions. And they're a team that's like I said on the playoff bubble. Like they should be pushing for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but are they embracing a rebuild? Like they just signed, re-signed their core. Um, you know, uh, they just re-signed uh, Roman Yossi, um, and they just—I thought they're going—they're still going for it, right? But yeah. if you're gonna embr- start embracing a rebuild now, like exactly where—I don't know exactly where they are with this, uh, yeah. like with their decisions, really. Yeah, I mean, actually, maybe rebuild's not the right word I'm thinking of. I think a better word would be a retool. retool. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what we're gonna be and seeing from them again. If you want to retool, like, I mean, they still could have done did some did some stuff this of uh, course this deadline. Um. So, I mean, I think that wraps it up for the trade deadline part. Uh, I think we can come back uh, in a little bit, and uh, I want to talk about the Raptors. I do, yeah. The Raptors, uh, they've been a very impressive team this year. Obviously, the win streak came to a sad end just before the All-Star break. Uh, we we saw the course, game. Like, of course. Some tears rolled down my face, <laughs> a la LeBron James. We'll, uh, we'll get back into that right after this break. Yeah. Guys, it finally happened. While we were in the break, <laughs> we just learned via Twitter that Ilya Mikheyev has signed with Campbell's Soup. Finally. Soup man. The He's soup, really Soup Man now. Soup Man finally soup gets man. paid. <laughs> Long overdue. Soup Man gets paid. You know what? I will say this. When is uh, Jack Campbell going to do a collab with Ilya Mikheyev for Soup? They can both be Soup ambassadors. 
That would be amazing. That would be crazy. Oh my god. That would be really funny, actually. If they don't do it, that's gonna be one of the biggest disappointments in Leafs history. And like you said, it was Campbell's soup that sponsored him, right? Yeah. That he's partnered with. Campbell's didn't think that you know, hey, we why don't we also get Campbell to be our <laughs> ambassador? <laughs> it's kind of oh, funny. Man. Yeah, they but have to do I, it. I can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, I, I want to talk about the Toronto Raptors. Um, honestly, not a lot has been happening in basketball. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's been the same Milwaukee Bucks, uh, doing very well. Los Angeles Lakers doing very well. I don't know if you saw Kobe Bryant Memorial, the memorial service. I did. Um, that was, that was really good. I just want to say like, again, like, uh, you know, Kobe was a legend and, 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 you know, respects to everyone who, you know, died in that unfortunate tragedy. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that memorial service was just amazing, just beautifully done. Yeah, it was definitely a well executed. Uh, some of the speeches they gave were really, some of them were like really heartfelt, but also really funny. Mm-hmm. Two that immediately come to best mind. Way, best way to grieve, of course, is, you know, think of the good times and laugh about it. Yeah. Too. I mean, two stories that come to mind for me are the one from Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. where he was crying and say, here I go again, I'm now oh, the meme, meme. <laughs> crying meme. <laughs> And then the Shaq one where he's like, when he gained respect from uh, Kobe. It's like, yeah. there's no I in team. Yeah, but there's an Emmy in uh, Beep Beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, it was it was a great service. Uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that before we get into more basketball talk here. But, um, I mean, it's been the same old, same old in the Raptors. They've been, uh, you know, really blowing our expectations out of the water. It's been the, That's been the story of the season, so I don't really want to go into that in a lot of detail because mm-hmm. i feel like we just talk about that every week which is a good thing i mean i know that they just uh you know blew the, blew the pacers out of the water biggest win in uh franchise history but uh somehow that's not as surprising to me um because i mean the raptors have been performing great this whole season yeah what kind of did surprise me was uh they just couldn't get it done against the milwaukee bucks and i think i really want to talk about mainly the toronto raptors and the milwaukee bucks and I think that that's going to be a critical matchup in the playoffs potentially because those two teams seem to be on a collision course for each other yet again. I mean, obviously Boston or Miami could uh, have other plans in that uh, scenario. But, uh, yeah, the games between the Bucks and the uh, Raptors have been very interesting this year. Obviously, last year was a different beast because they had Kawhi, and now he's gone, obviously. We, are, we all know that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think they still have a chance even though they lack that uh, superstar transcendent talent that could take over games, or maybe Pascal's job is not at that level yet. I mean, I was talking with one of my friends about this, actually. It's the exact same discussion. What did he say? The Raptors, the Bucks. He says, yeah, you know, like, the Raptors don't have that superstar, and I think you need a superstar to get far in the playoffs. He doesn't even think, like, like he thinks really it's just Milwaukee. He that Giannis is the, the best player in the East, and there's a big drop-off between... Giannis and the next star a superstar in the east he's really the only superstar in the east i I would say who else do we have some people consider you know Embiid, butler Uh, superstars Embiid. they're not i say only like the top seven eight players are superstars and i would say like you know lebron Kawhi, uh steph curry kd um anthony davis Giannis, james um, harden james harden and then uh you know then there's like the i would say uh, then there's like a you know the border. It's like the guys who are borderline uh, superstars. Like, do you consider them? Do you not consider them? That's where you put like people like Embiid, um, Jokic, um, you know, uh, Kyrie, um, 
players like that. And of course, Pascal Siakam. I think he's the biggest question mark. Like, mm. is he a superstar? I think, or is he like. See, because the... here's the thing I would put, you know, in my top 10 to round out my top 10, I would put, you know, Jokic uh, and, uh, and Embiid in there. Mm-hmm. And then possibly, you know, Dame, things like that, right? Yeah. Pascal Siakam, I would put him in my top 15. And, but like, the fact that he's even made it to the top 15 in what, his third year in the NBA, his fourth year in the NBA. But his really his second year of being a NBA regular, right? Yeah. A consistent, not even a, like last year you could say he was a star, but he was just a consistent NBA starter. Just the second year he's jumped up to the top fifteen. He hasn't been playing basketball for very long. Next year we could very well see him in the top ten. Exactly. So don't like I mean again this season is just a wild card season for the Raptors. So I'm not too bent on him not being a superstar, and I'm not bent on the Raptors not making a deep playoff run this year. Um, but I guess we'll just see how it goes. But what we, I guess what just frustrates me is just that, you know, the Raptors just can't seem to get over the uh, Milwaukee Bucks this season. And I mean, like, that's just the nature of the fact that uh, Giannis is the only true superstar in the Eastern Conference right now. Mm-hmm. There's no one that you can confidently say. There really is say. no one. Like, and again, like, Jimmy Butler would be up there too with Embiid, uh, the kind of borderline star superstar, that, that border. And like, put it this way right now, Milwaukee is the only team that has currently clinched a playoff spot, and it's not even March yet. Like, yeah, that, I mean, they're, they're the best team in the NBA. Absolutely. Not just simply like in like these, just in general. And I think this speaks volumes of how special of a talent uh, Giannis is and how much it would hurt Milwaukee if he leaves. So, I mean, if, in that sense, like, you can't you can't uh, fault uh, the Eastern Conference for not being able to fully catch up. I mean, the Raptors might be the only team that have a legitimate shot, but even then, like you said, they su- they can't seem to find a way to completely uh, take over matches against Giannis because in the NBA, you could theoretically win with just one player. We saw that with LeBron a few oh, times. Oh, for sure. To in the car- East as well. In carrying the, East as well. the Cleveland Cavaliers all the way to the NBA Finals when they had no other reason to be there just because LeBron is there. Like, that's just basically the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Yeah, when you bring that up, it kind of worries me too because we know how LeBron alone just kind of slapped up the Raptors for so long. This is obviously a different Raptors team, a much better Raptors team. But, hey, Giannis has grown now. He's had a pretty deep playoff run. And other than, like, you know, he, he hasn't had much playoff experience. He's very young still. He already made it to the, you know, the third round in uh i guess his real his first real meaningful playoff run and uh i mean as as a contender as well when he when he when they had a first round exit like that was just like when they were on the come up yeah i wouldn't even say they're a contender the fact that he made it to third round in his first year of being a real like the bucks first real year of being a contender um i mean it it makes me wonder how what he can do this season is he the player that can lead uh, a team like uh, he does make players around him better yeah like lebron so I want to see, like, I'm kind of scared of that. We don't have, the Toronto Raptors don't have a, like, a transcendent superstar like Kawhi Leonard, who, again, in the playoffs we saw the, the, the Bucks beat the Raptors in the first two games. And then Nick Nurse put Kawhi on Giannis and it, everything changed. If the Raptors can't figure it out in that same way, because they, they don't have a superstar like Kawhi Leonard to guard him anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know what will happen in the playoffs, but uh, I do want to see. But it, I mean, it's just frustrating that, yeah, it's it's looking scary because the Raptors just can't seem to get past them in the regular season. So it just makes me a little pretty pretty scared of the Milwaukee Bucks. It will be a very interesting matchup if those two teams are on a collision course in the playoffs, that's for sure. 
And uh, I will say this. I think the Toronto Raptors are the modern-day equivalent of the Detroit Pistons of the early 2000s, where they're a really good team without a transcendent superstar. And you could probably oh, yeah. say, That's like, good... uh, Siakam is kind of mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, who's that guy that was, like, I'm trying to remember his name. It's a defensive freak. I know. I don't know why it's uh... – it's a meme. It's literally a meme, and I don't know why it's not coming my name uh, to my. Uh, it's a guy with a big afro. Yeah, let me get it right now. <laughs> but I will say this: Yeah, that's the kind is of. It, team. Is it Ben Wallace? Yes, I think ben it's Ben Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, yeah. Now that's what I kind of think of the uh, Raptors as. There's not many teams that can just win just off of pure teamwork in the NBA. It hasn't really happened like that in a very long time. Um, it's but, it's the era of the stars, really. Yeah, but I think if there's a, this is a way to like really just change the NBA's focus. Like, hey, you don't just need two amazing talents; you can win with solid teamwork. This Raptors team might be the team to do it, and I think that that's why. Like, if you just say to them, "Hey, just pretend you're like the 2004 Detroit Pistons," they they might have said, "Yeah, I think we're." we're I think the I think it's also safe to say that Giannis. I, I mean, he's my pick for MVP, and he's really making the case for it. I don't know how you could say he didn't lead this Milwaukee team to, you know, being the best team in the league. They usually give it faster to the, than the war, like <clears throat> faster than who was the first team to clinch it last season? Um, was that um, not LA, the Golden State Warriors? Possibly, because I, I know I don't know really because I know the Warriors didn't really finish that high up, like because the Raptors even had a better record. Or maybe them. it was Houston, but uh, possibly I don't know. I have to double check that, but. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks did it fast, and they are a very good team right now. Yeah. And it's no doubt because of Giannis. So, I mean, I'm just I'm excited to see what he can do. I am excited to see what he can do because uh, maybe he can come here in 2021, and we'll see. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll be problem. fun because this Toronto Raptors season has no expectations, no pressure, and uh, we'll see what they can do. And all the pressure is on Milwaukee to go far. Oh, for sure. All so, the pressure is on them. None of the pressure is on the Raptors. I think that's probably the best position to be in when you have no expectations on you. Because when as soon as you have those expectations on you, like then you crump, like it's harder to uh, execute. But I mean, let's be honest here. LeBron always has expectations on him, and he does just fine. Maybe that's Giannis LeBron is did. in the same May- spot. I think Giannis can be that. I mean, he like I said, he just had his first real playoff run. And how long did it take for LeBron, you know, to mm-hmm. really win his first ring? How long did, he, he LeBron won his first ring way much a little older than I wouldn't say much older, but a little older than Giannis was. Yeah. So let's not rush Giannis here yet. I think everyone's rushing him because he's, you know, that free agency window is coming up. Yeah. But let's not rush him just because of that. He's only 24. Yeah. And I think, it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, LeBron won his first championship in his eighth season, I want to say. Yeah. And he- on top of that, he, he did take them to the finals, but that was in 2007. And, uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, give, give Giannis some time. Yeah, give him some time to join the Raptors, and then he'll win his first championship. <laughs> of course. Uh, so that's pretty much all I really want to talk about in terms of uh, you know basketball and the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, we do have another interview um, today in today's episode. This one's a pretty exciting one. Um, Jacob Perot, he plays for uh, Sarnia Sting of the OHL. He's uh, slated to go top twenty in uh, the upcoming twenty twenty NHL draft. He's absolutely lighting it up in the um, in the O right now. I got to talk to him. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't make the interview. I really was hoping to talk to him because yeah. he's a certified beauty. He is a certified beauty. Trust me. Um, we talked a, a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, his his father. Um, I'll, I'll just introduce it quickly. His father is uh, Yannick Pro, played, uh, drafted by the Leafs, played mainly, you know, with uh, Montreal, came back to the Leafs for, I think, a, 
a season or in a bit, probably yeah. a season, a little, a little bit, a shortened season. Leafs legend. Uh, <laughs> Leafs legend. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about, you know, how he's doing in the O, growing up in, you know, around the NHL, and uh, also a little bit about his, uh, you know, Chipotle order, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's jump right into that, and then we'll be back with some uh, trivia. We're going to switch it up. I think Michael's going to ask me a little bit. Yes. And uh, just got to say before you start, you're going to really like this interview. Oh, for sure. Okay, we'll be right back. Yeah, hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, so, I mean, first, yeah, how's how's your day going? Oh, it's been pretty good. I mean, we just uh, came to the rink, uh, went for breakfast. Actually, went for breakfast before coming to the rink with some of the boys, and then came here for a skate, and getting ready for our game on uh, Sunday. Of course, and uh, first, I, I do want to ask you, like, uh, what's, what's, like, the, the, the kind of, like, the OHL life uh, like, I guess, uh? Cause uh, I mean, it, it's like you're obviously tearing it up this year, but even off the off the ice, like, what's it like living in the like the as a player in the OHL? Yeah, I think it's fun. It's, uh, it's a good experience. Just uh, you wake up in the morning, do a little bit of school, and then uh, you come to the rink, pretty much practice every day. You get one day off a week, and then uh, just uh, like to hang out with the boys. It's, it's just something fun that uh, you'll definitely remember. I'll probably I'll remember this for the rest of my life. So. I think it's something that I should just take in and enjoy the moment, and it's just been fun so far from what I've been through in the OHL from this year and last year. So I'm really happy to be in Sarnia right now. Of course, and uh, what what's what's Sarnia like? Do you like it there? Yeah, I love it. It's fun. It's a small town where everyone knows the the thing, and they like coming out to the game. So I think it's it's something fun and just uh, obviously yeah, pretty much every team they get a lot of fans, and I think we get a pretty good amount of fans so I think it's something fun just to see how people look up to us uh, throughout the city that's awesome uh, and you're, you're honestly you're lighting up this uh, season in Sarnia man uh, first off like uh, congrats on the great play but uh, how would you describe the season for yourself and your team yeah I think uh, we, we had a little we struggled a little bit at the start with uh, injuries and suspensions which uh, I think got uh, hurt us a bit but uh, I think uh, we have a really good team uh, like we, we're out of the playoff spot right now but hopefully we could go on a, on a winning streak and make the playoffs but besides that I think uh, we've been playing pretty well and I think uh, myself I think I've been playing pretty well and I've stepped up my game throughout every game this year so pretty excited about that and obviously with the draft coming I just try to just focus on my game and what I can do and what I can control. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any players that you like try to model your game after? Yeah, I like uh, watching Brock Besser, uh, uh, Alex Ovechkin, uh, Alex Debrinkin, all the guys that I try to model, model after. Of course, of course. And uh, yeah, so you're, you're preparing for the NHL draft, and I have a few questions about that, of course. Uh, I mean, as you're preparing, what's, what's kind of like the process like? I mean, this is your draft year, so... What's what's that kind of like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure, obviously, just to, it's a big year for me. But with my dad by my side, giving me advice, it makes it easy for me, and just to, he lets me know what what things I can focus on, what I can improve on to get to make myself better as a as a player and a person. Just to do whatever it takes, and I think uh, it's helped me so far to just just uh, do like do what I can, and work as hard as I can for the upcoming year. Of course, and uh, you mentioned your father. Uh, for for those uh, listeners who don't know, uh, your father is uh, 
yeah, Yannick Perot. He uh, was an NHL player. Um, and uh, I guess, uh, does, does having a, a dad who played in the NHL kind of help you along in your uh, hockey career? Yeah, it helps me for sure. He's been through it, and there's not a lot of people that you get to like that get to have a dad that played in the NHL. And he knows he knows the steps along the way, so he tries to guide me and my my siblings through it too. So I think it's something that uh, I'm really happy and honored to have, and I try to use it, use him as much as I can. Like after every game, he always shoots me a text. If he's not there, like if he's there, he's gonna tell me what I can do better and what I can improve on and what I did good. So. I think it's it's something that's uh, helped me a lot. Do you feel like it adds any pressure in any way? Uh, the fact that obviously you come from a, an NHL family um, in a way, and do you ever feel like that adds any pressure to your play, or do you just not worry about like any comparisons no. or anything like that? Not really. I mean, it's just that I, I like to, to be following his, his footsteps, so I think it's more of a more helpful than pressure. So I think it, it calms me down a little bit more than stress on me of course uh and uh do you have any cool stories like what's it like obviously growing up around the nhl like as a kid just just with so many experiences i'm sure um maybe in locker rooms or, or um even just okay. around the yeah. rink do you have any cool stories growing up yeah my my dad uh, in the summer he used to, uh, to host like a tournament for fun back in months uh, like an hour outside of montreal at magog and he'd have like a tournament there and have a couple of NHL players. He's like one year he had Crosby, Patrice Bergeron, uh, David Perron would come a couple times, Chris Tan came. So it was a couple of like big like big shots, but obviously when I'm young I don't really notice that. So I, I just go in my locker in the locker room with my dad and just hang out there and I mean, uh, at that time I didn't understand like who those guys were. I thought they were just like a like my dad's friends, but uh they were actually like really good hockey players, so I thought it was something that uh, once you grow grow up and you realize those guys were like who they were, something special, and that uh, I'll always remember. Of course, and uh, I mean, I, I'm sure. So you got to meet them, right? Like when you were young. Pardon? You got to meet all those players when you were young, when uh, they would like yeah. be around your dad and stuff. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah that would have been cool. Um. I know you were born in Montreal when your uh, dad played there. Um, uh, what, what would you consider your hometown? Because I know he played for a, a number of other two teams, like including the Leafs here. Uh, yeah, what would you consider your hometown? I guess. Uh, I'd say I have two basically. Uh, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I grew up in uh, Montreal till like like I was like ten, eleven. But uh, we moved quite a bit because my dad was playing. But came back there after he retired for like a year or two and then moved to Chicago for the like past six or seven years. So I'd say Chicago and Montreal makes a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. And if you were to pick like a, a one of your favorite teams growing up, uh, what, what would that have been? Um, I'd say in the last couple of years it's been Chicago because uh, just growing up there and watching Kane, Taze, Panera, and bring Kid, all those guys. I'd say before, before that I liked Montreal too. Cause my, I was born like when my dad was playing in Montreal, so I was born in the city of Montreal. So I'd say uh, Chicago and Montreal are both my favorite teams. Mm-hmm. I like every team. So yeah, and your dad, uh, he had he had a few stints with the with the Leafs, but uh, I think after you were born as well, he he had a short stint with the Leafs. Do you remember anything about Toronto at all, or was that a was Toronto a part of your life at all? No, I don't remember anything. I just know like my sister was born there. 
I know my my older brother probably remembers more because he's he's a little older at that time and probably remembers a lot more of when my dad was playing. But I mostly just remember the last couple of years, and maybe in Arizona a little bit, uh, Nashville a little bit, and Chicago a little bit. Of course. Um, I guess, what are you looking forward to most about the upcoming draft? Yeah, what, what, what kind of, what, what are the next plans, um, I guess, for you moving forward for the draft? Yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll be a great day. Just, uh, you never know what will happen on draft day, but uh, just to have my, my name being co- called up to the stage and I just have to thank my, my mom and my dad and my, my brothers for everything they've done for me. So I think, uh, can't wait for that moment uh, I think it'll be something special that I'll, I'll always remember. Of course, of course. Uh, so uh, I do want to talk about, like, uh, I guess uh, just some more casual stuff. Uh, what, are you into, like, uh, movies at all or music, of course? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot into music. I like, I like listening to music. Yeah, what, fun. what kind of music do you like or are you into? Uh, I like uh, country and uh, a little bit of uh, rap or whatever it's called now. Oh yeah, have you been to uh, Boots and Hearts? You out there? No, I haven't. No, no yeah, it's a huge country festival uh, out in Barrie. I don't think that's too far out from Sarnia. Yeah. Close to yeah in the GTA. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of, heard of, but I've never been to it. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe yeah. maybe one day, right? I know yeah, I know a ton of a ton of players go out there. Yeah. Um, wh- how about uh, what about movies? What kind of movies are you into? I mean, I watch the end game, those superhero movies are kind of fun, but uh, I, I like comedy movies with like Will Ferrell, like Step Brothers, all those Anchorman. Uh, I see, I see. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, what's, what, okay, what would be your go to meal on a cheat day? I'd say Chipotle. Chipotle's <laughs> always been. Uh, what's your, what's your order at Chipotle? Uh, I, get a, I get a bowl with uh, rice, uh, Pinto beans, and I get uh, double chicken, and I get mild, medium, and cheese, and then lettuce. Oh man! So for the for the listeners, you heard yeah. it here. If, if you wanna if you wanna eat like a like a like a certified uh, uh, professional athlete, basically, uh, that's what you gotta eat. You know. <laughs> uh, what else do you like to do in your in your free time? Any any cool hobbies? Uh, what do you guys? What do, what do you and the boys like to do? Uh, I guess to kick back. Um, I mean, sometimes you just, uh, go for a hot tub, just hang out, and, uh, sometimes, uh, some guys have, uh, the game UFC on their, on their PS4, so sometimes you go there and play for fun, and then, uh, besides that, I like to relax and just recover, and I like to watch the hockey highlights, I think that's always fun, and just sometimes you go watch hockey games at someone's house, and it's always something fun to just watch hockey, hockey highlights, I think it's always been interesting for me. Of course, of course. Um, so, I mean, I do want to wrap just wrap things up, but uh, I guess what what do you think you'd need to do to ensure you make it to the NHL sooner rather than later? I think just just keeping keep working on my strengths and weaknesses, just uh, keep uh, improving my all around game, just keeping it stronger physically because at that level, it's bigger guys, older guys, and just got to keep uh, just keep getting stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. And uh, re- regardless of where you get drafted to, I guess uh, what would it mean for you to get picked by an NHL team? Yeah, I mean it's something that you dream of as a kid, so I think it'd be something special for me. And 
even my family, I think it'd be something that I'll remember for for years to come, and it'll be something that uh, that's like wouldn't be I wouldn't even be able to describe it because I'd be so happy for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, how 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 much uh, I guess how how in touch do you keep with your dad these days when you're out in Sarnia? Yeah, I keep in touch with my pretty much my whole family at least once every two days. Just uh, it's not every day because uh, we're a really tight family and we all uh, get along pretty well. So um, we, we keep in touch, and then uh, we're, we're all excited at the end of the season. So we all uh, go back home and reunite as a family and just have fun. And, uh, touch back on uh, what we've been up to and all that. Of course, of course, and uh, I'm sure uh, I'm sure your family will be right there at the draft. Uh, proud, proud to see you get dra- drafted by a team this year. Um, I mean, those are all my questions. I don't know. Do you have any uh, cool stories from uh, this season you might want to share? Any funny, funny things that happen, uh, kind of with the team or or with the guys? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, not really any stories that come up to my mind like yeah no worries no worries but uh yeah of course uh thank you for thank you for talking to me um uh yeah, no and uh, uh yeah good luck in the in the rest of the season then at the draft can't wait to see you uh get drafted hopefully and um yeah i wish you good luck uh for the rest of the season man right, keep you. lighting up uh, over in sarnia of course all right all right thank you man That was a good. That was a good interview, and he's a he's a great guy. Honestly, yeah, I I totally agree with that. Certified, like I said before we started that interview started, he's a certified beauty. Um, great guy. I, I really was sad that I couldn't be able to be in the interview because like, like, it's always a cool t- opportunity to talk to a potential top uh, first mm-hmm. round pick, and uh, he's definitely looks like he's going to be on to some really exciting things in his NHL career. Of course, we hope you get a lot more interviews though. So don't 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 sweat. We're gonna like I know you're gonna track down a bunch of interviews too. Oh, of course. For the show, coming up soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, and hey, I mean, for you guys, if you want to order his uh, Chipotle order, that's always interesting. <laughs> if you want to eat like a you know a professional athlete or a, a you know about a, an NHL draftee, there you go. So well, uh, I see you holding that book already. Yes, I'm hockey holding, trivia. I'm holding a book called Classic Hockey Trivia. No, I don't know how classic it's gonna get because I'm I'm gonna tell you the truth. Um, one, I'm not the best with trivia, and then go back in history, like it just gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> this book came out in 1997, so, oh, so they're not going to be asking about Austin Matthews. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not. It's not going to say in here who was born in 1997. <laughs> Austin Matthews. Um, there'll be some. I'll just flip through the book, find a random question, see. If, Let's uh, see. I I can assure you, I'm not going. Well, I can assure you, there's going to be some obscure questions in there. Okay. And I for sure won't know those. And then I, for, I can assure you, like, there will be some easy ones that I probably won't know or I might blank out. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to flip through this. Well, it'll right. be fun. Yeah, it should be really fun. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to pick a random question in this book. Is it multiple choice or is it just straight up? Uh, multiple choice. Answer? Okay. Okay. So, first question Who is the oldest NHLer to score 50 goals in a season? Johnny Buick, Joe Mullen, Phil Esposito, or Marcel Dion? I actually believe, I think it's 
Phil Esposito. Is it? Are you lock, is he locking that down as your final answer? <sighs> this I hate the pressure. I'm going to lock it in. I'm wrong. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. To the, we're already off on the we're wrong foot. We're already off on the wrong foot. <laughs> Who is it? It's, the, of course, the guy that I mispronounced his name. Johnny Buick. A. It was A. <laughs> a. <laughs> like, fine wine. He seemed to improve with age. I, I just... He scored third. He scored fifty goals at age thirty-five. See, that's that's tough. I I know obviously Esposito was a great goal scorer, so I went with the safe uh, the safe bet there. That is always a safe choice. Yeah. Um. Okay. And there here's one. Which Detroit player beat up Colorado's Claude Lemieux in nineteen ninety-seven to avenge the vicious hit from behind Lemieux had laid on Detroit's Chris Draper during the nineteen ninety-six playoffs. Man. I mean, you probably know about this uh, Colorado Detroit rivalry. Incident, but hmm. I'm sure. Okay, if I read you the names, you might get it. Okay. A. Brandon Shanahan. B. Darren McCarty. C. Martin Lapointe. Or D. Jamie Pushor. I don't know how if I said that one right. And what exactly was the question? Was it? It was about who hit Claude Lemieux after he destroyed Chris Draper in the '96 playoffs. Oh man, because I know Brandon Shanahan did his fair share. Again, like I was born ninety eight, so we didn't actually see this. We're seeing all this stuff on YouTube. You saw this in the womb, <laughs> but uh, I know, of course, we all know Brandon Shanahan was up to his own mm-hmm. shenanigans. Yeah. Um, this guy, I I know for sure. This guy was at Burt Beauty when he when he whoever actually who actually hit him. I can't tell you the name, obviously. <laughs> what were the options again? So Shanahan, Shanahan, McCarty, uh, Pushor, and Lapointe. Oh man, I'm probably gonna get wrong. I'm just gonna go Shanahan. Oh, wrong man, again. dude. I, I thought you were gonna get that one. It's Darren it? McCarty. McCarty. That's. Oh, I was gonna say that too. Oh, man, I'm. I'm so hurt. Don't go for the obvious answer. <laughs> yeah. No. See, because Darren McCarty, I was gonna say. I would. I was gonna give you a hint that he scored a big goal in the playoffs once, and the one I'm referring to mm-hmm. was in '97 mm-hmm. against the Flyers, where he did the. Just D for the entire Flyers defense, mm-hmm. like one of the biggest goals he ever scored, and pretty much the only big goal. Really, he I'm ever not scored. smart. This is why I ask you the questions usually because, I mean, you know your hockey trivia, a lot. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, I'll just flip through this book here. Um, do some random spiel while I find a question. Um, I honestly don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> you can't, you can't make me, you can't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> okay, um, I think I found one. Which of the original six teams had to wait the longest before one of its players won a scoring title? A, the Boston Bruins, B, Chicago Blackhawks, C, New York Rangers, or D, Detroit Red Wings? This is question number 6.9, by the way. 6.9, nice. <laughs> so the, the, the options, what were the options again? It wasn't Boston. Toronto Leafs weren't one of no, the options. No, Toronto already had a scoring title. Yeah. So Boston, Chicago, New York, Detroit. I'll give you a little bit. Of I don't a hint. think it's Detroit because uh, I don't think it's Detroit. I'll give you a hint. It's but not you who you sigh like that, and then it just makes me reconsider. I will say this: it's not who you're thinking. So the options were Detroit, Boston, New York, Chicago, and Chicago. Because I mean, like, obviously, you think, oh, well, New York didn't do anything. Who had to wait the longest until they won a, had won a player a that won a scoring title. title? I mean, like. With all the Detroit legends, obviously, that's why I don't think it's Detroit. Um, these are these are like they're not obscure questions, but it's like 
because you know people you know the players who won it's just like yeah yeah who who which team like weighed the longest take your time don't worry <laughs> the music is playing so you can draw, oh, draw out your the music in huh <laughs> oh man um oh my lord this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with uh hmm scoring title though Boston, Detroit, Chicago, or honestly, I'm just taking guesses. I'm I'm terrible at this. I'm just gonna say Boston. Is that your final answer? Yeah. No. I'm so it's sorry. Not. I'm so sorry to do this, Who man. Who is it? It's Detroit. Really? Yep. How long did they wait for a scoring title? They entered the league in 26-27, and it took them 23 years to get. Oh, I wasn't even title. looking at it like that. I wasn't looking at it like. From when they were born <laughs> to like their first scoring title, I was looking at like who got it the latest, like who yeah. who had a uh... oh man. Ted Lindsay won the scoring title in 1949-1950 when he led the league with 78 points. It's pretty interesting. You'd who, think Detroit, like with all the history that they have, would have won a title. Sooner. Who was Boston's first? It doesn't first say scoring. in the book. It just says who actually uh, won it first. I'm going to, because I thought it was going to be the New York Rangers, to be honest with you. When I looked at that question first, like, oh, is this that definitely the Rangers? One. I'll, I'll, I didn't think of it like how they're going with, uh, you know, uh, from the like the birth of the team. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like, which team had a, um, I guess, which team had their first Art Ross winner or like scoring title winner mm-hmm. the latest basically that's what yeah I exactly was. exactly but they're looking at it like you know 23 years as opposed to like let's say i don't know i'm just i'm just saying like let's say the new yeah. york rangers had a scoring title in like you know 19 like mm-hmm. 1960 let's just say but let's say it was a team like they were they're obviously not but let's say they only they're only um you know born in like 1950 yeah, and obviously yeah. that's shorter than 1940 as when they're born in like 1920s, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. But I was thinking it's like, oh, it's probably who had to wait the longest for their, or who who's who had the latest year, basically. Exactly. Man, let, this let, is tough. I know. Let me give you an easier one. Uh, I'm sure you'll get, I'm, I'm, I'm confident you're going to get this one. Which two teams have met the most in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Okay. <laughs> Is it, there's no options for that though, right? Uh, there's no option for this one. I'm just telling you the question. I think you'll get this one. Toronto, Montreal. Are Is you, it not? You got half of it right. Montreal. Okay. Montreal and Boston. And Boston. That, because I, that, that was going to be my second guess. Um, it's interesting, it's yeah. It's considering because when Toronto got moved over to the West, right? Yeah, because <sighs> like in the 80s and yeah, the 90s yeah, for a bit. Yeah. But no, yeah. I know historically, like especially in original six times. Yeah. At the time of this book, it, they had met 28 times thinking. in the playoffs, but they've obviously met a few more Boston, times Montreal. since then. The last time they met was in 2014, I want to say, and Montreal won that one for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't... Let me ask you a couple from there. Go for it. I'm probably not going to get any of them. <laughs> These are tough. They are, These yeah. These are tough, man. But this is the beauty of it. Oh, that's the one you just read. <laughs> <laughs> What are the odds of that finding that so, question? So how does this work? You get the question and then the... And then you turn a couple pages you. and you'll find okay. the answer. Mm, you do a little spiel and... Uh... Well, obviously we already heard about uh, Mikheyev signing on with... Um, You're going to buy a soup? Campbell soup. Yep, I'm going to buy a soup. Um, I'm just hearing that uh, Jay like, Bomeister... 
Actually, that's a little too tough. That's like yeah. numbers right there. There you go. I'm <laughs> I not see numbers. We're not going to do numbers. Jay Bellmeister actually just spoke with the media in St. Louis today for the first time since uh, his unfortunate incident. So it's good to hear that he's in good spirit. Uh, and uh, what was the other thing? He They already reannounced the rescheduled game. Obviously, that doesn't really matter, but, I mean, good for them for getting that done really quickly, even though it's like, not like a huge pressing need. Um, what is this, Chapter 3? Who was a player, like, you know, remember we were talking about Robin Leonard and how yeah. he's like a, a Leaf legend now? You know who else is a former uh, player that was, got traded to a random team on deadline and then got traded somewhere else? Mark Strain. You remember that? A couple of years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's how I got inspired by the post is I, I saw on Twitter <laughs> Mark Strain's banner being raised by the Lightning, even though he never actually played I have, for them. I have one. Okay. This is kind of hard as well, but let's just see. Um, how many players have won the MVP award but not been elected to either the first or second NHL All-Star team? Which is crazy to think about. Uh, do I have options? Or oh, oh yeah, yeah. A, one player, B, two players, C, three players, or D, never happened. And uh, I think this is back in 97. Two, one, three, or zero? One, two, three, or zero, actually. <laughs> I don't want to... S- I feel like this has happened feel like there's like one random year where player got picked MVP and then for some reason we're like, ah. Although I feel like it would be one of those questions where it's like, uh, they would be like, that just seems retarded. There's, there's, there's no way that that wouldn't happen. But this is the NHL. Weird things have happened. So I'm just going to guess one. Close. And honestly, I, I definitely wouldn't have gone to that either. <laughs> um, two players. Huh. That's actually my second guess, too. Oh, my God. Okay, here's uh, one more. We'll just do a quick one. Um, as of 1996-97, Wayne Gretzky had won more Art Ross trophies than any other player. How many scoring crowns has Gretzky won? A, six. And this is in 97, right? By yeah, yeah. A, six. B, eight. C, ten. D, twelve. So just like six, eight, ten, twelve. Those are four I feel like it was 11. That's why I was like, I was waiting for 11, 11, 11, and then never showed up. Um, well, I know he won most of his scoring titles in the 80s, and then in the 90s he became a scrub. I'm joking, of course, because <laughs> he scored a hat trick against the Leafs one time, and that was apparently his best game. Of course. Hmm. I'm going to say 10 times. 10 times? Yeah. Is that your final answer? I'm just guessing here. Yeah. What? <laughs> nice. See? Better than me. <laughs> oh, come on, I can't man. find it. These are tough questions. They are, are tough so questions. Tough. And you came in here like... I hadn't... I know that I know that for you, uh, you know a lot more about like old school uh, hockey. Not really. I wish... That, that one was a lucky guess. I was like, 11, 11, 11. But like... No, I'm not that knowledgeable this about This is interesting. I, w- I do want to ask this one. Well, Go ahead. I want to ask this because I want the answer, actually. But... Uh, <laughs> Okay. In which NHL arena will you never see a Zamboni? I actually it's funny. I was I was thinking about asking you that question. Oh, okay, then you know. I don't. I, I didn't actually see the answer. Oh, so I don't know. Okay, the, so the options are Pittsburgh Civic Arena, way back in '97, <laughs> of course. Montreal's Molson Center. These aren't even used right now. No. Vancouver's GM Place, um, or D Detroit's Joe Louis Arena. Um. What? This will be the last question I asked you. What? 
<laughs> okay, so <laughs> no, I'm just well, like I, I'm just re- just reacting. I don't know the I'm okay. Not, I have absolutely just no take clue. a guess. We'll just wrap it up with this one. These oh this my. is a good book though. This is one you have yeah. to like study up on. You know, yeah, like this is like what's on the test? What's gonna be on the test? I uh, saw like some of the questions I was reading through. It's like. Which it, it was like tough ones with numbers. It was like which goalie uh, recorded uh, a two point oh, you know, say percent or whatever <laughs> for five consecutive seasons or something like, like that. Okay, who the hell knows who, who even hell... played back then? You know. <laughs> yes. That's but uh, okay, pick one of those uh, arenas. Oh my god. Who like? I'm just gonna just take a stab in the dark. Civic Arena. Uh, I don't know. I think the. The main reason I'm asking this is so we can get, you know, an just, explanation Just give me the answer because I'm but, curious. Uh, no, it's Vancouver's General Motors place. And huh. apparently Orca Bay, the company that owns the Vancouver Arena and the Canucks, I don't know if it's still the same, is not allowed to use a Zamboni under the terms of its sponsorship contract with General Motors. Instead, a GM machine uh, called an Olympia performs the ice cleaning duties. And funny that, I mean, this week has been pretty, the topic of this week has been Zambonis. So I've seen people talk about the Zambonis, uh, and uh, yeah, I actually found out that uh, I mean I didn't find out you know about it, but yeah, the big distinction that there's the Zamboni and then there's other resurfing resurfacing machines. Zamboni isn't really a Zamboni. Yeah, it's the name of the brand of the Zamboni. I mean, yeah, okay. Let me ice break cleaning it down machines. The ice resurfacing machine is called a Zamboni because the person who invented it, his last name was Zamboni. Yeah. So that's why his brand is Zamboni, and he also invented the machine. But then I guess down the line, other brands, you know, started tapping into that machine and making their own version of it. So uh, I guess Olympia is another type of ice resurfacing machine. But since he's the one who made it, I guess Zamboni mm-hmm. is the most popular, most common uh, one. I wonder if that company you mentioned is still cleaning the ice for the Canucks because I, I know, know that was in 97. We'll have possible. to look into that. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have an answer for you next up. Imagine, next time. imagine like, imagine Dave uh, Ayers didn't even drive a Zamboni, but he drove a, a Olympia. Then all the headlines have to change. Yep. Oh my <laughs> lord! Then it's gonna be like uh, Joe. You can't McCall- say you <laughs> can't say he drove a Zamboni if he drove an Olympia. Oh, Olympia. Let me see. Okay, just go on a random spiel while I look this up. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to change the headlines to they lost to an ice resurfacing. Uh, I don't know. They lost to an Olympia machine. They lost to Olympia driver, Olympia machine driver, an Olympia ice resurfacer driver. That would have to be the whole title. Interesting. So this is Wikipedia, so take this for a grain of salt, but apparently they still use it. Wow. I think we'll wrap it up with that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's probably going full circle. Yeah. So uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. And of course, if you want to see some memes and self-deprecating humor, follow me on Twitter at the least IMO. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let's hope we have a lot more content coming forward, a lot more interviews, and things are things are starting to get good. Uh, so we'll see how everything goes. Um, Thank you for listening again, and we'll see you guys next week. And we'll see you on the flippity-flop.